Hi, I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Decom Mission. I just realized that I can split screen while I'm recording. I don't know why. My brain was just like, nah, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I feel like I could if I tried to, but I try to keep up Audacity and you on Zoom and the and sheet. And this is why Windows is better because uh, Zoom on Windows does a little picture in picture, so I don't have to worry about it. It's great. Speaking of that, I need to change that to gallery view instead of... There. Now we're equal. I only see you, which is great. What, you don't want to see yourself? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Nya, 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 nya. I see myself with my half wet hair. Fantastic. My hair has been so frizzy the last few um decades, so <laughs> I just I just never want to look at it. But like specifically, I don't know what happened, but it I it might just be this dry California air that's causing my hair to flare. I don't know. It probably is. Every winter when it gets drier here, my hair just goes I'm going to lose my curl and I'm just going to go poof. I'd rather my hair be frizzy than oily, though. That's because true. Uh, my hair is very oily so often. And when I was in Japan, it was every day. It was just oily and there was nothing I could do. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. And the only thing that sometimes worked is if I would do like a weekly uh, apple cider vinegar rinse. And I also had to wash my hair in cold water only. I wash my hair every three days. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, I used eh, to, I used to eh. do the apple cider vinegar thing back in when I lived in Nebraska. I, it was every other day, I think I would do, gosh, what was it? It was some sort of like powdery mixed with water type of thing for shampoo, like instead of shampoo. Mm-hmm. And then the apple cider vinegar was supposed to be, like, the conditioner. Yeah, I just literally dumped apple cider vinegar on my head. Did I you? haven't done it in a while, though, because I got, like, a scalp thing, and it's, it's it works fine. And also, I just figured out better shampoo, and I, I had to figure yeah. out different shampoo being in, you know, a desert. Oh, yeah. I just, just a clarifying shampoo and a deep conditioner once a yeah. week does it for me. Yay, clarifying. I need clarifi- clarification for my face, clarification for my hair, and clarification for my brain, because I'm a dumb <laughs> I feel like today we're both gonna be a little dumb. This is the first time we're recording at nighttime, both after. Well, this is the first time. Yeah, work. this is the first time we're recording the the episode. We've recorded the the watch through after work. I feel like this is gonna be better than recording a uh, watch through because maybe it's just the movies we've watched after work, but that one since it's so much more passive, I feel like it's easier to just kind of go. Ugh. But yeah. when we're recording, it's more like like when we're when we are recording the episode itself. I feel like it's an active process, so we have to focus and need to use brain. Also, with I the whole made... lockdown in LA, I am working from home full time, so my commute was effectively one hundred percent zero minutes cut. So that's great for LA traffic. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> I made the mistake when I got home of laying down on the couch and then I almost fell asleep. <laughs> like I cannot fall asleep because I'm going to be so drowsy for this episode. Oh, okay. So, never mind. I'll talk about that in a bit because I realized that the reason I was going to talk about it is because of something 
Anyway, today we're talking about the Kim Possible reboot movie of 2019. <laughs> Did anyone else not know that this, that this existed? Because I didn't. I haven't known the past, like, four movies that yeah. we've watched existed. I knew this existed just because of the debacle on social media. And because I'm in those Facebook groups that are for Disney World and things. So many people were just like, ew, how dare they? And then there was obviously the people who were like, I'm so excited. <laughs> And then there was the gray area people. (laughs) No, it's the, I'm very excited for this. It's actually, it was actually based on, not based on, but after I finished saying it, I was like, Alexis, have you seen the Aviator? Which, have you, have you not seen Schitt's Creek? No. Sarah. I have no idea what this is. You need to watch <laughs> Add it screen. to the list. It's on Netflix. Didn't that just won a ton of Emmy yes, awards this year? Yes, it's very good. And it just wrapped its final season for, like, this year was its final season. And it's it's oh, so good. Sad. And Catherine O'Hara plays the mom. And she has this absolutely preposterous accent that comes from nowhere. It's very funny. And she just says things. Like, she always pronounces baby, bebe. Except for one. And the first time she says baby, she says baby. But then she goes bebe after that. Hey, baby. Oh, do you remember that song? Uh, yeah, but I'm... You know what we say in the club, hey, baby. I'm, I, I, I'm <laughs> repressing it as you speak, so... Oh, man, high school. So this is the 2019 Kim Possible. This is a live-action Kim Possible. There is also the Kim Possible movie, which we will be watching at a later date when we do our animation month, whenever that is. So... This movie... Like I said, sparked a lot of criticism just for the fact that it was a live action remake of a cartoon that was, you know, very cherished by people of a certain generation. And I'm not going to say that I. I wasn't one of them. I, I will say that I'm not someone who goes to social media and goes, this is terrible. I hate this. But I was sitting there going, why are they doing this? Who is mm-hmm. this for? And there were people in the comments that were like, this isn't for you. You shouldn't care. And I was like, you know, that's right. But also, who is it for? Because I get wanting to bring something to a younger generation. But this isn't... This isn't... Why not make something new yeah. for that generation? Why why bring something back that... It never people, seems to like, work. Like, people who are our age watched it when they were younger. But now this movie isn't for us. So why not just make something completely but new But it's still something point? that our generation could have bolstered liked it yeah it's yeah. so i made this comment i mean or i made this correlation when we were watching the watch through this is very similar not exact to the powerpuff girls reboot mind you there are now two powerpuff girl reboots because there's also gonna what? be that edgy uh what's her name not coyote ugly i know that's wrong the woman who wrote juno Diablo Cody. There's now two Pomper Girls reboots. One of them has been going since 2016 and is terrible. And I'll get into that. And the other one is one that was just announced like during quarantine. And it's going to be this edgy live action CW Powerpuff Girls written by Diablo Cody who oh, wrote like no. Juno and everything which nobody wants because everybody hated the 2016 Powerpuff Girls reboot. Except for like, you know, really, really young kids. But even then, if you showed them the old Powerpuff Girls, they'd like that too. My main issue I have with the Powerpuff Girls reboot is the fact that 
they didn't ask any of the original voice actresses to come back, which I get, mm-hmm. you know, they want to go for younger actresses, whatever, but it doesn't, it really doesn't matter because these women sound exactly the same as they did 20 years ago. But they asked all of the male voice actors to come back. Ridiculous. Yep, they're all back. It's cool. Like, I could, I could see it if they, like, the women who voiced them didn't want to come back, but if they didn't even ask them. No, it, the... E.G. Daly and Tara Strong, especially, who played Buttercup and, and Bubbles, is, respectively, they love their characters. They always, like, they always do cameos, like, for people at Comic-Cons, like, as their characters. And they love mm-hmm. it. They love it. And they they voiced their opinions very loudly when this happened. They were like, we didn't even know this was happening. And we were completely left out of it. And I think she was even, I this might be baloney, but, like, I have this re- recollection that, like, I think Tara Strong, maybe E.G. Daly, I don't remember. One of them was issued like a cease and desist for doing Bubbles or Buttercup's voice. Wow. And, 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 okay, these new girls who are, the Powerpuff Girls are terrible. Like, they didn't just, they didn't get like young aspiring voice actors. They got like Disney stars, basically. They're not Disney stars, obviously, because it's not a Disney show, but they got these girls that are like, I don't know, but they cannot voice act. And they all sound exactly the same. I don't get why they do... Like, people for voice acting, they... I feel like nowadays they're picking just big names instead of... These girls aren't even people big who names. specialize in voice acting. No, and it's not it. just going up to a mic and talking. It's so much more. And I know that I'm biased because it's something that I really care about. And I did my thesis in college on it. But... <sighs> I could go on a whole rant about it, but, like, I'm actually... This whole Powerpuff Girls reboot really, really upset me. And as someone... This reboot was done, like, a year... The year after I made my thesis. And so, like, mm-hmm. I, I had just finished college. I had just done this whole huge year-long research project about voiceover and animation. And then this happened, and I felt like... I felt like I had just watched my dreams die. And I know that's ridiculous, but it's just like it was just one of those things that as like a young, fresh out of college kid, it was it was devastating. And I'm still angry right. about it. And I think I think I deserve to be angry about it. And I think that a lot of people are angry about it. And I think I think there's a similar feeling when it comes to this, the Kim Possible movie. I don't think this Kim Possible movie is anywhere near as egregiously offensive in a lot of ways as the Powerpuff Girls reboot. Because it, the Powerpuff Girls reboot was just, like, a kick to the teeth of kids, of kids who used to watch the Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. This isn't a kick to the teeth. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like a, hey, look what we did. Remember this? We're so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's not exact, but it's like, it, it, there was more effort in it to keep some sort of integrity i'm not saying they did but also the fact is it was written by the two creators of the show which is so strange because it really felt like this movie was written by people who had never ever watched the original content but we'll get to that yeah and the powerpuff girls reboot was an like an animated series reboot animated series reboot yeah yeah and this is just a a movie. I was gonna say a standalone movie, but oh, there's definitely as we'll get sequel. to, it's probably oh, a setup God. for a sequel. Uh, yeah. But at least they didn't reboot it into a series. No, like I an hope an- not. can you imagine if they would have did a reboot animated series of Kim Possible? Oh my 
my gosh. It probably would have had the same problem. It probably mm-hmm. really would have had a similar issue to the Powerpuff Girls reboot. I don't think it would have been... There's something about the Powerpuff Girls that's just sacred. It was just this sacred cartoon that was so unbelievably embedded into our generation. Mm-hmm. And by our generation, I mean, like, our 10 years of a generation that grew up with the Powerpuff Girls. And we, it was a part, like, they, they, they were these three little girls who kicked butt and told people what's what and made it seem like girls can do anything without being egregiously like girl power power. girls are just as cool as everyone else which is what the new one is doing and it feels like it feels like girls are getting laughed at in a lot of ways and also i i've watched a little bit of the reboot i did try and give it a fighting chance i will say like i i watched the first like chunk of the first season and then i gave up because it was heartbreaking and also they're whiny little brats now like they were always bratty don't get me wrong but they are so obnoxious now and they're mean now they're really mean changing the personalities of the characters such a big problem they did that with kim possible in this movie not as much as that no she turned into this huge crybaby it was weird Mm -hmm. but we'll we'll get to that anyway let me read the synopsis before we keep going this movie is rated G, which is a huge problem and also probably shouldn't be for how much violence there no. is in this movie. As I say, probably PG would be better for this one. I now think that we've G seen has it. gotten really lax and I don't agree with it because like I like people should know if they've been listening to this for a while. I've I was a nanny for a few years for two little girls and they are they were super impressionable and they would watch they were they watched Home Alone one of the years that I was there, and they spent the next couple of weeks calling everyone a jerk. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, they were super And they were young, weren't they? They were... When I started, they were two and four. Uh-huh. I think this was the second year I was there, but I might not have been. I don't remember well enough. But, yeah, they were calling everyone, like, jerk or, like, a little jerk. And their dad thought it was really funny, but their mom, of course, was like, this is terrible, and I don't like it. And I... I think G, I'm not the biggest person when it comes to censorship, I get it, but G, there's just something about G to me that feels very sacred. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just like, that's, that's for really little kids who are like, just learning about life, and they should be learning, they should be getting educated, and they should be being like, hugged and welcomed and loved instead of seeing violence and right. sass and all this stuff that could really negatively affect their whole behavioral development. Yeah. I feel like G is reserved for things like PBS kids shows. Yeah. The educational, moral-based mm-hmm. children's shows Yeah, that teach you life lessons. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Unless those are rated... I don't know what's above or what's the step below G. Nothing, I don't think. E for everybody. <laughs> That's video game, Sarah. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I think G has gotten really lax lately and I don't like it. Every other rating I'm like, I don't I don't care. Like, you know, PG, yeah, you probably shouldn't have any sort of R rating things in PG, but it's like nudity is whatever. Like I don't give a hoot about nudity. Mm-hmm. And I don't really even give a, I don't really care about swearing. 
but derogatory language I don't like. And I don't think there was that many that much derogatory language in this, but the violence was like I mean, it was there. I was going to say it was there. Enough to give it a PG. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, it's from 2019. It's an hour 28. It's coming-of-age comedy and action-adventure. I'll give it those. I don't think it was funny, but sure. Some people might. Some people might. Anyway, the blurb is, Everyday teen hero Kim Possible and her best friend Ron Stoppable embark on their freshman year of high school, all while saving the world from evil villains. Ta-da! That's the synopsis for the TV show. And they just copied and pasted it and put it in, put it in, it, and put it in. Put this, it in. Put it in. Is it actually the, is no. that pretty similar to, I don't that, think I wonder so. if it's similar to the look synopsis they have. Look at <laughs> what if it actually is copy and pasted? When you look at it on mobile or you look at it for the group watch, it's just like Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable take on high school or take on their freshman year of high school oh, and right. that's it. Uh, the show synopsis is, Kim Possible is your typical high school girl who, in her spare time, saves the world from evil villains. Along with her best, best friend, Ron Stoppable, his pet, a naked mole rat named Rufus, and their webmaster buddy, Wade, who feeds them vital information via a special communicator device, Kim foils arch-nemesis around the world. Around the globe, sorry. Then it's back to her family and homework. Uh, it's really weird that Wade is mentioned in this one. And, like, there's far more given to this synopsis. This is weird. Disney Plus is just a bizarre platform. However, I will say, it's really weird to me that Netflix still doesn't have a group watch feature. Everything right? else has a group watch feature. Yeah. As I don't, maybe Amazon annoying as but... the Hulu one is, at least they they tried. Yeah, and it <laughs> might be better. I think it's crazy better. that you can't... Yeah, maybe we could try it again, but last time we tried, you can't pause and play and control the other person who's yeah. watching so you all have to still pause at the same time which is really weird i think hbo max has it too but it's just it's just weird that netflix is just like mm, no nah, okay we don't need that yeah people don't need to watch things together social distance yeah yeah meh, meh. <laughs> so anyway this one so the synopsis of this movie is that Kim is starting high school, and she's already a well-known super fighter spy person. And she's starting high school, and she has a really terrible time, and high school's hard. And she meets this girl, Athena, and Athena tags along on their excursions or their missions or whatever you call them. And Athena gets a makeover. Athena gets a makeover. Athena gets to be more popular than Kim. Athena gets to be better than Kim. And she wins an award. And then she gets kidnapped by the supervillains. And then, oh, spoiler, it turns out that Athena has been a part of the evil mastermind's plan all along. But then, by the power of friendship, Kim is able to turn Athena good again. And that's the movie. Yep, that's the whole thing. That's the movie. The whole movie is about Kim trying to realize that she's not what she does. She's what she is. She'll always be Kim no matter what she does. Like, this is actually, I guess, spoiler, but this is possibly the most moral-heavy movie we've watched. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so And I feel like there was a face. lot of direct quotes from the movie that were really hitting hard. Like, this is exactly what we're trying to push. But there were at least two of them that they were doing that with. Mm-hmm. Let's just get into the morals since it's already okay. here. <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah. Who was she? It was when she went to visit her grandma. Her grandma like, out of her nowhere. Grandma. <laughs> Bring me back to Halloween Town. Uh, when they were talking about the whole jealousy is not very becoming on you, blah, blah, blah. I had written, don't be jealous. And then, like, the grandmother, two seconds later, was like, jealousy is unbecoming. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the phrase I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the the quote that I think is what they're they're trying to shove down throats is just because I'm not the best doesn't mean mm. I'm not me. But then yeah. there's the other the, but that so it's like that one they're trying to shove down people's throats. Jealousy's unbecoming they're trying to shove down people's throats. But they're also trying to shove down what I said earlier, which is uh it's not what you do, it's who you are. Yeah. So it's like which one which one did they want? They want- they want all three. They do. They do. That's the problem. They want a trifecta of morals. Yeah, they just want they just want this to be a moral mosh pile. Ugh. I don't even I don't like I don't think jealousy is unbecoming is the tr- the true moral. But I feel like it actually is just because I'm not the best doesn't mean I'm not me because as much as I want it to be, it's not what I do, it's who I am because that's actually broader and really is is more true for everybody, not just people who are super special and good at things. Mm-hmm. But Kim is so hyper-focused, this whole movie, about not being the best and crying about not being the best. Exactly. That I feel like that's what they ended up going with. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first half of this movie before the grandma scene we were like what's the moral of this going to be it's kind of just oh, yeah. like a things are happening it wasn't until movie. act and 2 then, yeah when mm-hmm, athena like, when athena started being quote unquote better than kim but yeah. then it turns out that athena was just a robot and she'd been learning and stealing all of kim's skills and that's how she was quote unquote better so kim's really still the best guys <sighs> i'm upset so even though you don't have to be the best, you might still end up being the best after all. You still need to be cocky. You still need to be self-important. That's the true moral. Do we have any other morals like this so far? I feel like my whole mind just went blank for all of our morals. I'm excited to get into the season wrap-up after the next Yeah, that'll be movie. exciting. I'm excited to go through all of the stupid episodes and... Fear on all the morals. Oh, right. <laughs> I do not think that we have anything even close to this. I think that Xenon Z- the sequel might have something kind of similar, but I don't think it's that similar. I think I can't even imagine one where it is like this. Oh, I guess maybe up, up, and away with the, like, you don't have to be special oh, to be special. That's true, because What's-His-Name didn't have powers in the oh, end. Saddest movie. I can't believe that we watched such a tragedy. <laughs> It just, I wish that this movie had told a better moral than, I I wish that this movie had really focused on, it's not what you do, it's who you are. Because if that's what it was, it would have been better. And it would have had a Mm -hmm. better, it would have just been better. Yeah. That happens so often in these DCOMs, though. We're like, oh, it it was so close, but they just, they missed it by a hair. Oh, yeah. One thing I didn't mention is that this movie had an in insane budget like i don't know what it was actually monetarily but its budget was massive there's no way it wasn't as soon as we saw the opening sequence with there's so much she's like flying and this all this so much flying 
so many sets, so many costumes, so many extras. It's insane. It's its budget is massive. And I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if they uh, were I worried. don't think it paid off for no. them. <laughs> okay. So the girl who played Kim was fine. And that was her first big role. Or role at all? I think it was her first her first film role. And she was fine. She was cute. She was she was funny enough. She wasn't like my dream casting or anything, but she really wasn't offensively bad. She was no Ellie in Freaky Friday. And I know I know I went really, really hard uh, about that girl and last week and I'm I know it's probably people are happy about it. But the thing is, like, this is kind of what I mean. Is that if this girl who played Kim, whose name is Sadie something, if she hadn't been at least fine, this movie would have been insufferably bad. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been like Freaky Friday. And it's just like the thing that saved Freaky Friday was Heidi Blickenstaff. If Heidi Blickenstaff had not been in that movie, I don't think I would have been able to finish it. Mm hmm. It's, it, and, like, this one, she was fine. The girl who played Athena was fine. The woman who was Shigo was a goddess. She was so good. The guy who was Draken was was pretty good. The girl who was Bonnie was great. They're getting good girls to play the villains in these movies, though. Let I was going to say, it was a very villain-heavy... Good, good villain. Yeah, villains heavy. were the the trifecta <laughs> Whatever of the good. right phrase is. Yes. Um, which is really strange. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a weird budget. I almost wish they'd had a smaller budget because I feel like they could have had more fun with it. But because mm-hmm. they had such a high budget, they were able to just go, oh, we can do whatever we want. Big hey, effects. Boo-boo. So many, <laughs> so many backflips we're going to throw in there too while there we're at it. Kim, when she first meets Athena... Athena has dropped her homework on the ground and Kim like cartwheels and grabs all of it and backflips. It's ridiculous. There's so much backflips. There's right. so many backflips and cartwheels. Like I get that in a lot of superhero movies and thing like spy movies, people don't just run normally. They always do backflips and s- cartwheels yeah. and stuff, but it was just excessive in this one. Yeah. And this this is something that I said when we were watching it as well, but it's just like some of the things that they tried to do as live action just does not translate. And, like, doing all these backflips and cartwheels and things, that's one of them. Like, it's just, like, nobody does that. And it's, like, it's like that's kind of cool, but also, like, mm, I don't Maybe just think once in a while. Real. Yeah, and then, like, there were just some of the things when they were in the lair fighting the villains or, like, get doing their missions or whatever. And I was, like, this is kind of dumb. Um. Anyway, we got to rank the moral, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're done Let's with see. the moral. Not yet. I don't think it did that badly. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it's not like it. What was the it's movie not like before it was Freaky, Freaky Friday. Friday? So I feel like it's about as Adventures in Babysitting. Adventures in Babysitting. I put that right in the middle of a five. I feel like this is slightly it... better. I might give this one a six. I was gonna give this one a. Four point five or a five. Let me see what else I've ranked. At yeah, I'm level. just going through the rest of mine. What else have I done? Also, I'm really sorry about my vocal fry right now, everybody. My throat is so dry. I am but a crisp. 
I don't think I've given anything a five. Yeah, congratulations, Kim Possible. You get a five. No, you don't. I don't want to give you a five. You get a 4.5. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't like that it does, that it's, it's, it's telling kids that these, these privileged best kids. I don't really like that. That's true. I don't yeah, really I don't like, like that. that. Either. Why would I, I was gonna say? Give... I, I was gonna say. I, you know what? I liked the moral, but then I think of like how they're executing it, which is how we're supposed to actually be ranking yeah, it. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> the thing. Yeah. Well, and I was Why also did I still. For... I was I also still. How we... <laughs> I was also still doing it based on the the one that I want to be true, which yeah. is the you're. It's not what you do; it's who you are. I'm like, you know what? That's not that bad. Here's a five. No, this is based on uh, you. If you know, you know, you, it doesn't matter if you're the best. Oh wait, yes, it does. Is just a three, right? This it's been a... two weeks, and I already forget we don't we don't rank it based on the moral. It's how they execute yeah. the moral. This is three point five, because it's like yeah, you, you she does realize 5. she doesn't have to be the best. Because it's not that much worse than Adventures in Babysitting, but it's I don't want to give okay, it the I same because I think I think Adventures in Babysitting has a better payoff because it's like okay, the risk she has to do is with this boy. Yeah, okay, whatever. In this one, the the payoff isn't even like there isn't really any payoff. She doesn't. She still thinks she has to be the best, and that being the best is the best. Yeah, I have dad napped out of three, and I feel like this is slightly better at yeah. least than dad napped. I think I'm gonna go the same as you, lucky dog, and put this one at a four. Yeah. I also <laughs> there's also a moral in here somewhere about friendship. Oh yeah. Like it's something about like make new friends evil. but keep the old or something. Not that, but like it's always just like you know friends are the greatest treasure you'll ever find on the planet. Even friends if are they're forever. better than you. Yeah, I don't know. And envy is a dish best served out the window. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> oh my god, a flying dish. <laughs> anyway, back to whatever discussion we were having before. Yeah. Uh. Also, the kid who plays Ron has a very distracting way of speaking. And it's apparently the way that he speaks. And it's not an impediment or anything. It's like a really thick Chicago accent. I wonder where he's from. And he sounds he sounds really similar to Will Friedel as Ron. Yeah, our guess is that he's playing into it. Yeah, I thought that he was just playing into it, but then I watched an interview of him on a show, and all of the comments were, this is his real voice, and apparently that's the voice he uses on the Goldbergs, too. So that either he's really, really playing into it, or that's, or that's his, his real voice. voice. And it's, it's distracting, and I don't... It's not... A bad thing, but it is, it's, it's, it's a distracting way of speaking, and it's also not helped by the fact that he's supposed to be this comic relief character, and he's distracting in that way as well. And he's not funny. Mm-hmm. No. It's not necessarily his fault. It, the writing is bad, but... I guess I should have said by now that I, I watched a couple episodes here and there of the Kim Possible animated series back in the day, but I didn't watch it very often. And Kira did. He was raised in Chicago. Oh, nice job. It's, I, oh, you think I can't recognize a Chicago accent? <laughs> but anyway, so you knew 
more about like yeah, but I think I was Ron wrong. Stoppable and, and his character. Well, just about he like his character, how he's it. supposed to be goofy and like the lovable goofy character. Yeah. And you you called it off the bat that he was probably going to be this idiot character, like not, not bright and. Well, and there's I a charm. Like... There's a charm to animated doofuses that just doesn't translate exactly to live action. And it's like they mm-hmm. tried to take animated Ron and put him on a screen. And that just doesn't work. Because he had nothing else to him. He had mm-hmm. nothing else in his in his whole character. Besides being, I'm dumb. I'm the one who's clumsy and makes the mistakes. Good do. And he was mm-hmm. like, no, Ron's... His whole thing is that he wants, like... At least what I took from the cartoon is that he wants to protect Kim, even though he's really bad at it. Like, he wants to protect Kim, and he wants to protect the world, and he wants to be a protector, but he's really bad at it. And mm-hmm. he wants to, he wants to save people, and he wants to save the world. I don't know what this run wanted. I don't know no, why he, he was, was there. he was usually just there. Even Rufus was just, they found him, like, halfway so through stupid. the movie in this lab, and he didn't do a lot until he, he pushed anything. the magic button yeah. at the end of the movie. Until he was deus ex machina. Oh, my surprise, gosh. Surprise. The moment we saw him, we're just like, oh, my gosh, what is this <laughs> animation uh, of Rufus? Yeah. It's so disturbing. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite design. I don't know how they would have been able to do it better, but that wasn't the way to go. No. There's a part of me that's like, you know what would have been really kind of fun and campy is if they... Somehow found like a, wow! This naked mole rat looks like it's been ripped right out of a cartoon, and then they they have like cartoon Rufus with them because that oh would be really Oh my gosh! Like goofy. Lizzie McGuire, like yeah. having an animated thing. Yeah, that would have been fun. It would have been really kind of silly and, and ridiculous and kind of fun. I feel like that's something that they probably like if they had a lower budget, like we were talking about earlier, they could have made it way they just more had campy, way like too that. Much freedom, yeah, they had way way too much freedom, and the other problem. And I don't know what the solution for this would have been, but, like, the kids who played Kim and Ron had no chemistry. Yeah. They did not seem like friends at all. They seemed like they had never met each other. I wonder if maybe they didn't, and then they showed up to filming, and they're like, have fun! Yeah. It was weird. I mean, usually there's a lot of table reads and rehearsals beforehand, so I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? One thing that I that got a lot of backlash before the movie came out that I think is a ridiculous thing that got backlash is Kim's costume. So in the cartoon, she has this crop top, and in the remake, she doesn't have a crop top, and people lost their minds. They're like, oh my god, she needs to have her crop top. I'm like, how unbelievably unrealistic would it be to, for someone to actually be doing all this crime. in a crop top? Like, yeah. no, this is fine. And the other thing is they changed her watch that she used to communicate with Wade to being a necklace. And normally the necklace was kind of fine and fun, but the way it was integrated into her costume was really stupid. Instead of, like, giving her just a cool collar with a deep V or something, not a deep V, but, like, a collar, like a turtleneck that, like, turns into a V-neck, they give her a turtleneck, cut out a little diamond shape, and stick her little necklace in it and then have these strings that like connect to it from the shirt like she's able to connect her necklace into the shirt every single time yeah and i was like it was uh-huh. weird but yeah i liked the the updated other than that it was fine other than that it. it was a perfectly fine outfit and i know what people were freaking out about right well i wonder if they were like oh disney channel doesn't like prop tops and that's the only reason why 
don't know. Well, they did have crop tops in this movie. They just layered it with, oh my gosh, her soccer uniform or tryout oh outfit God. where she had the pink polo crop top. She wore but a so tank top much underneath pink. That. I don't remember Kim wearing pink. pink this much. So many pink jackets and a pink room. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember her like not wearing pink or anything, but I don't remember her being like pink is my color. Yeah, because it was like every single thing she had was pink. And okay, this is fine. I'm gonna bring this up. This movie was written by two men because the show was created by two men. Okay, they're the same people. Still weird that they still seem like they didn't know anything about the original material. However, this movie was also directed by two men. Mm-hmm. And yet this movie's whole purpose was supposed to be girl power. Girl can do whatever boy can do, but they could do it with style. <laughs> yeah, they definitely played a lot into that in this one, too. It was and horrible. That, I can't remember exactly what the scene was, but you... That's when you're like, I'm going to look up who did this because I bet it's men and you're yep. right. It was the and same I really feeling wish I, I got from Invisible Sister. I wish I could have remembered the moment that we thought that. I don't It was remember. something very like, oh, I'm a girl and I'm going to do it. Or I, It might have been when the when it was said that the mom and the grandma were going to come with and then it's like, oh, oh the- those women. Yeah. They didn't say that. But it's like, the show wasn't this bad. Like, the show, it was very much like, yeah, Kim's this girl who can kick butt. But for some reason, in 2019, we're still doing this garbage, like, look at this girl. She can do it. Wow. And instead of just being like, yeah, she's a girl and she's doing it. Wow. Amazing. That's cool. Right. We don't need to make a big freaking show of it. It's like what happened in freaking Endgame when... It's like, we have her. And then they pan over to see all of the female characters or whatever. And then they pan back and they're like, all right, uh, that's the girls. Go, we'll see them later. Goodbye. Uh-huh. That's not exactly what happened. But that's it felt like a put them on a pedestal. Now sink yeah. that pedestal down into the ground and close it off forever because we don't actually need to use them. It's just, it's just nice to know that they're there now, isn't it? it's not the same as Endgame, but, like, it just gives me that same feeling of, of yeah. like, it, these men are, like, trying to be, like, oh, here you go, here right. you go, Why can't girls. we just have it happen naturally? Like, yeah. It, oh, my gosh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. It's, like, I get, I get the sentiment. I get where you're trying to go. You're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Just let, just let them be cool. For example... Shigo, Shigo is cool. I will yes. say, I said this in the in the watch through as well. So Shigo in the cartoon is very curvy. She's not like the curviest character in the world, but like she's got thunder thighs. And as someone with thunder thighs, I always kind of appreciated Shigo's design of being very bottom heavy. And the woman who plays Shigo is not. She's got like a perfect physique. Right. She's very thin and very lean and fit. And it's just like, oh, that's not fair. Right. And we're very much like everybody is a perfect body. Like, you can be yeah. thin. You can like be... Like I said, perfect. Like... Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so... I was just not... it was just one of those it's... disappointments where I was like, Aww. Yeah. Where in the animated version, she's a certain body shape that you relate to. It's kind of disappointing seeing it differently in the, the live action. Which they could have made her more like the animated character if they just put it's also the costume i will say shigo's costume is supposed to be like brighter and the contours are supposed to be a little curvier and they didn't really accentuate that in the new costume and i didn't really like 
the new costume that much. I thought it was a good start, but I wish they'd pushed it just a little bit farther with the green. But as I said earlier, Shigo was my favorite character in the movie. Like, she was Mm -hmm. the best. She was really, she was the only funny character. Yeah. She's the reason that this gets to be a comedy. The only reason. And maybe some of Draken, too, but mostly Shiga. Oh, so what I was going to talk about earlier. So Alison Hannigan plays the mom in this this movie. And Alison Hannigan, people probably know from either How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother, where she plays Lily, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she plays Willow. And guess what? I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I've never seen it. And I was like, you know what? I want something that I've never seen that's not going to take a lot of brain power. And that was on the list and why not? And I was watching it the other day. And there's an episode that's a Halloween episode and everyone turns into their Halloween costumes. And I was like, hmm, Does this sound familiar, everybody? That sounds familiar. And I was like, do they do it better in Buffy? Maybe, but only because they're their costumes for a little bit longer span of time. Because in Halloween Town 2, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's their costumes. Oh, wait, no, it's fixed. Goodbye. So I I was like, ah. I almost said return to Halloween Town. I still cannot get (laughs) the the sequence right. It's Calabar's Revenge. Uh, (sighs) Oh, man. That's serious. Yeah, so I thought that was really funny. Buffy is so campy, but also not. And unfortunately, Buffy also kind of suffers from the like, I'm a girl, I can do it too. But the weird thing is that back in the 90s, Joss Whedon was seen as like this feminist icon because he had made this all-powerful female-laid character. And it's just like, hmm, weird how times have changed. Mm-hmm. Have they though? <laughs> I haven't seen Buffy, but I can from clips. I feel like I've you seen, would I really can... like Buffy. I yeah, I'm surprised I never watched Buffy. I'm surprised you haven't watched a lot of things. Yeah, but sometimes I wonder what have I watched because <laughs> I feel I'm like having... I haven't watched anything. Yeah, I'm having fun with it because I'm not taking it super seriously, and I'm making fun of it along the way. And another thing about it is that it's able to do what it does and like be the be, have the feeling that it has because its effects are pretty good for the time and not like it's special effects necessarily but its makeup effects are very good like its creature designs are cool and they're practical and they hold up pretty well for the most mm-hmm. part there's some of them that don't obviously because it's from 1990 whatever yeah. but it's it's it, i'm having fun i'm, I'm yep. having fun but like you know it's not it's not amazing and i think yeah. i know that there's people out there who are gonna be like buffy's the best show on the planet and i can't believe you and ah oh, you're banished to the realms of hell and i'm like hey, ah, she's still watching in, it people it's not like she gave up on no. it she's still watching <laughs> yeah. speaking of effects over time i'm gonna bring it back to lord of the rings because i just finished re-watching those again and <laughs> there were scenes that we talked about like when Legolas is on that elephant. The elephant and, looks so bad. <laughs> I hadn't watched it in so it long. It looks bad even when, when it I was watching it. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, yes, this is what Kira was talking about, and I totally see it now. It looked bad even when it came out. I remember seeing that movie in theaters and watching that part and going, hmm, this looks bad. 
I don't there's, remember saying that because I, I, I don't know. There's certain movies <laughs> I that I remember better. thinking that even when they came out. And I was young. And that I remember, but even more so, I remember Spider-Man 2. My beloved Spider-Man 2. In the part where Doc Ock <laughs> takes Mary Jane from the restaurant where she's meeting Peter and he takes her to her, his lab on the river or whatever, and he's holding her, and she, like, kind of comes near the camera, and I'm like, hmm, that's not going to hold up. I remember thinking in my brain, hmm, that's not going to hold up. <laughs> Kira, the eight-year-old critic. Excuse you. I Were was you nine. <laughs> <sighs> this one's hard to rank for Test of Time, and I feel like it's another one where we kind of have to rank it based on its pre- its predecessor and its effects. I kind of want to just do what I did with Adventures in Babysitting and just give it a five. Right in the middle. It is. It does feel like it's right in the middle where it's like, yeah, you know what? It'll hold up effects-wise well enough, but not super well. It won't hold up. It probably won't hold up as well as its cartoon version, Mm -hmm. so probably not as well there. But because it's new and because it had the budget... You have to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. The Shiga fire stuff was pretty good. The Shiga fire stuff, what? Did you say Shiga? Shigo? <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. Yeah, Shigo's fire, for the most part, looked really good. It was like everything that was repeated looked good 80% of the time. And then it was like one or two times it was like, oh, this is, we'll just make a lot of crap. I didn't want to notice. But there was this one, I'm sure you have this written now, but there was one part that was just unforgivably bad. And that was the part where they're running from the building at the end and then it blows up behind them. And they were so obviously on a green mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, that was so bad. And it was in slow-mo. It was like everything I hate. The typical action movie cliche. Oh. See, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 475. Yeah. Because I do think it holds up slightly worse than Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Um, as odd as that sounds. I'm going to stick at a five, because I had Adventures in Babysitting at a five-five. Yeah. And I think that one was slightly better. My new thing, I've stopped saying one thing I'll say, and I've started saying, uh, I will say, and I will say that. <laughs> it's just the new thing now. A problem I have with this movie is that one of my least favorite tropes on the planet is a trope of everything bad happens to someone, like the worst things, and they don't, and you just, there's no way that they can get out of it, and they have no idea how to do it. And it's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't want people to be that down on their luck. I don't want that people to be that destitute at this moment. Thank you. And it's like, it's not like they, they can't start there, but if they, if they, if they've started at like, you know, an eight, and they drop down to a two, I don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Especially for as long as we were there in this movie. Yeah. And I told Sarah, it's like, I stopped watching Shameless when they lost their house. Because I was like, their house is like the extra member of the family. I don't I don't want to watch this. And I was like, no I house. Like one more no episode. Much. And I was like, nope, no, 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 no. And they keep the house. But even so, I was like, I don't want this too much. And there was obviously more going on. And I was like, this is this is too much. I'm done. And it's like, I get the trope. And I get why people write that way. And I get why people like it. I just don't. I really, I really don't. I'm sure there's a word for this trope that is on TV tropes, but I'm very lazy and don't read TV tropes. So, um, Ethan will tell me if there is one. (laughs) Um, okay. 
I think I know where I'm going to put it. I know what I'm going to rank it now. At least for the time being. I might change it. <laughs> We've got one more week for me to stew on it. That's true. One week to think about it after we grade it. Do you want me to say what mine is or do you want to go first? I'm still comparing some, so if you want to go first, that's fine. I think I think I'm going to give it a C. Which is going to sound kind of generous. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that you're but giving it a C. We gave the Sweet Life movie a C. I and I feel yeah. I feel very similar ab- about this movie, not only because, you know, it's a continuation or a revamp of a Disney Channel show, but it was that same thing where it was like, I don't really know why they're doing this. I don't know who this is for. It's It's a bit of a mess. Like, you know, so it's a bit, I've been waffling between a C and a C minus. Yeah, I was thinking C minus, but then I realized I had adventures in babysitting, and part of me is like, I don't want to give it the same that I just gave one two weeks ago. But that's stupid. that's not why I think I would watch this before I watched Adventures in Babysitting. I really that movie was unpleasant, but it is possible that down the road, I'm gonna bump those down each, and Adventures in Babysitting will be a D plus, and this will yeah. be a C minus. So it's like I'm just gonna stick this with where the Sweet Life movie is. Yeah, I feel like it's. I don't know, it's, like, slightly lower, because Sweet Life, at least, it was the same characters, and as much as it didn't do the series justice, at least it wasn't a completely different thing. Yeah. It's, like, a C-minus plus. That's, like, what it is for me. It's, like, right in between a C and a C-minus. It's, like, a C-minus with, like, the top half of the pluses. What else have I given a D-plus to? Because I think... Yeah, most likely Adventures in Babysitting is it going to be a D plus? I'm yeah. just going to. I might bump that one later too. I'm, I'm just going to preemptively bump it, bump it to a D plus. <laughs> I'm not even going to wait. That's a D. I don't know why we have it a C minus. I think I just wanted. I think I just wanted something in a C minus. So this is now a C minus. Congratulations. Yeah, my only other D plus is you lucky dog. Yeah. I'll probably end up doing it too. I guess I could do it now as well. Yeah, that's up to you. You cannot be sweet, but I I just yeah. know that I want to bump. I just want to bump it down. So whenever I put up these rankings, I'll just bump it down. Yeah, I'll keep both. I'll keep Adventures in Babysitting and this one at a C minus for now, and then I'll I'll think about it for the next week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think about the Sweet Life movie because it's like I don't know if I would watch the Sweet Life movie before I watched the Kim Possible movie. I don't think so. That's a good question. I mean, I don't really want to watch either of them again, know, so it's hard to problem. say. So that's that's something I'm gonna have to think about for the for the wrap up. Wrap up. Okay, so you're also doing a C minus. You said. Mm-hmm. Are you are you changing to a C minus for this one? Yeah, I'm doing a C minus, and then Adventures in Babysitting is getting bumped down to a D plus. Got it. Because I'm almost positive I gave it a C C minus just so I'd have a C minus. <laughs> and because I was trying now to not be it. super mean, but also I don't like it, so. What was the C minus you have for now you see it? Does that mean you want to change it or you changed it to a C minus? I changed it to a C minus. Okay. That's what I thought. I believe it was a C and I changed it to a C minus. But I don't know and I'm not listening to it again because I already have its moral written down. <laughs> and I'm too At least for the other ones, we just. I can listen to half of them too, but we no, just have I've to go got, to the I'll end. be fine. It'll, it, I'll do it. It's, it's my fault I didn't add them anyway. I've said I've been. I've got a vendetta against myself, Sarah. 
I've got one, two, three, four things to talk about on my list. Oh, I have a lot of things, but I think a lot of them are just, I was trying to write some things down so I'd remember what happened. I've stopped doing that. I don't know if it's that I trust myself or I just don't want to write things down, but I've I've kind of really started saving what I write down for being quotes, things I really want to remember to talk about, and offensive things. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, we, we have a few of. Yeah. I should start doing that, too, because a lot of these I scratch off. I'm like, this is stupid. Why did I write this? Yeah, I also have just kind of dropped the feeling of, like, I need to be writing all the time, because it's just like, I don't care. I'm, We're I'm just more trying to enjoy a movie. Now, also. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to go first, you can go first since you might have more than me. Okay. Oh, Ron, stop Pitbull. I had that. That was, that was first. mine. <laughs> uh, the only real joke of the movie that was amazing. Because that was Athena had dressed up as Kim Possible and she made her dog, which was a Pitbull, dressed up as Ron Stoppable. So it was Ron, or yeah, Ron stop Pitbull. And that was really cute. It was I cute. That. It wasn't well delivered or directed, but it was cute. Speaking of Athena, Athena comes out of her makeover. <laughs> I knew you were going to tell And she's, <laughs> she's got her new cool mission costume on, and it's got these ribbons wrapping around her arm. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem useful. And then she bends her elbow, and one of those fits skin-colored sleeves. Just like those fake tattoo sleeves. And I was like, oh, hmm, was so this bad. is a weird design, and I'm not sure why they did this. Yeah, why mm. not just make it either just an all-purple sleeve? Uh, I guess they wanted to make it cool, but I feel like there's other ways. Because you know so she's going to be bending ways. her arm. It's an action movie. Just have her have one long purple sleeve and one short purple sleeve. That's better. That would be cool. Yeah, that's cooler. I just I fixed your costume. costume. designers fixed it. Oh, the limo scene when they're uh, singing, and I don't understand why, but oh. it w- went on for far too long. Oh, Christy Carlson Romano, who was the original Kim Possible voice in the cartoon, and she was in Even Stevens, and Cadet Kelly, uh, she comes back, and she her cameo is as a pop star. This woman is in her late 30s. Nothing against, like, yeah. people in their late 30s being pop stars, but, like, she was supposed to be, like, a young, hip, cool pop star. And then they were like singing with each other, and it was really weird. They yeah. didn't like it. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I <laughs> uh, didn't like it. Definitely not. It made me feel really old and really young at the same time. <laughs> I did talk about how this was directed by two men and written by two men. What I didn't realize, or what I didn't remember to talk about, is that the two men who wrote it and I guess created. Kim Possible also wrote Sky High, which I love. So I feel like Sky High has been slightly tainted. Not like really tainted, but like a little bit where I'm kind of like, how dare they? How dare Wasn't they? there another one too that we liked that they also did? Mm, I don't remember. Or was it another one that was not great? I can't remember. Uh... I can't remember what happened yesterday. Um... Hold on, I'm looking it up. Where is it? There it is. Okay. 
I guess these guys are a writing duo. Bob Schooley and Mark McCorkle. Uh, oh, he had just done, he did the Buzz Lightyear TV show. He wrote for the Hercules TV show. He wrote for uh, the Aladdin TV show. So he did, he did a bunch of, he did wrote for Goof Troop. A bunch of the old, like, Disney cartoons. Oh, man. I remember watching Aladdin and Hercules TV shows before going to school, back in elementary school. Yeah, I remember the Hercules TV show. Eating my sugary cereal in the morning. (laughs) My Oreo O's. (laughs) Uh, Oreo O's are back, and I've been eating them a lot because I Uh, love them. Me too. (laughs) They're so good. My mom went to the grocery store the other day, and she's like, they had these. I picked them up for you. I'm like, mother, you know the way to my heart. They're so good. Oreos. The only other thing that I have is that the the only people who return from the original series are Christy Carlson Romano returns for her weird cameo. Nancy Cartwright returns as the voice of Rufus. And Nancy Cartwright is the voice of Bart Simpson. Wait, does Rufus say anything? Or no, he, he just, just makes the Rufus-y squeaks. But oh. apparently it's fun. It's fun that they gave Nancy Cartwright her part back. It is, yeah. Um, and then Patton Oswalt is back as Dementor, which I did not know because it's a child that did not know who Patton Oswalt was. And this was pre-Ratatouille. So he came back in the beginning. But the last thing that I have to talk about is the fact that people who do not know Kim Possible, the beginning of this movie is insane. Like, it just goes in and you're supposed to know who Dementor is and you're supposed to know all these things. And even I was like, well, I don't remember. I don't remember enough of this to know what's going on right now. Yeah, I didn't know anything that was going on. Yeah. So it was, and then also it was just so hard to suspend disbelief for a live action 14 year old to have been doing all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, you would think she'd be at least a sophomore in high school. Yeah, it would have been much more interesting if, if it was. I wish, I wish, this is what I wish that the plot of the movie had been. I wish that the plot of the movie had been, well, Kim's been doing this her whole high school career. Now she's looking at going to college. What's she going to do in college? That would have been cool. But because their target age group was supposed to be like eight-year-olds instead of being, you know, middle schoolers like it should have been, they wanted to make her younger, which of course makes it even less justifiably believable Mm -hmm. that she would be doing all this. It's my main issue with this movie is that she's too young. And it's part of the reason why she cries all the time, which I don't have a problem with crying. I think crying is great. But she's not crying because she's sad or that she's, like, genuinely upset. She's crying because she's whiny and bitter and jealous. Which is not the best. Yeah, and she cries a lot. (laughs) It's weird. It's weird. And that's actually, I think her crying a lot was what made me look look up if it was written by men. (laughs) (laughs) She's a she's a girl. She has to cry a lot. Yeah. That's all I have, though. What else do I have? Oh, when they're... After Athena does that battle with, um, like, the stick fighting thing, and then the announcement at school the next day on the overhead, where the principal's just saying, uh, no stick or rod play on school grounds, and all this stuff. I'm like, what school would make an announcement like this? Ah... Uh, what other things? Most promising freshmen they had an assembly for. 
Yeah, Which, at the beginning of the year, like it was promising. Like we don't know what she's going to do, but we're going to give her an award just but for she's the dreams she may have. Freshman, and they also decided she would be the homecoming queen and king that year. Oh, she goes quote the one that you actually th- thought was really funny. Well, she had a lot of funny ones, but you want to hu- hug like she had trouble oh, that saying was funny. hug. I think that was my favorite part of the whole movie. She delivered that really well. She did. She was cool. Um, she was also just a really good character. So my guess is that that woman watched Kim Possible and was like, probably. I get to play Shigo? Rad. Yeah, that's probably accurate. <laughs> oh, when Athena gets blown up at the end and they just go in oh the rubble God. and they find her hand. And, and her they just, head. And then her head. And they're just picking up this head, talking to it. And it was so disturbing. That is a reason it should not be rated G. No, it was, yeah, kind that of scary. Graphic. And, like, it was, you know, she was a robot. And you could see there was robot parts. But, like, little kid robots are going to be really traumatized by that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they said, honey, get the tiny screwdrivers out. We're going to fix a robot girl. Yeah, why do they have to be tiny screwdrivers? Why do they have to be tiny screwdrivers? <laughs> Uh, oh, and at the end, when they're in the car, drag, uh, she goes at, yeah, and Dragon is the the little boy, mm-hmm. and she goes dropping him off at school, and she says, "Oh, I gotta get home and change into a more sensible leather bodysuit." Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny too. Oh, leather bodysuit. <laughs> the last thing I have is the whole sequel setup that they did at the credit yeah. scene. Draken goes into the school pretending right. to have been a, a young child who was, you know, skipped a bunch of grades because he's a genius. And it's like, wow, no way they want a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to love movies that set up for sequels. Just the confidence. Only, only Teen Beach movie can do that. Only Back to the Future can do that. <laughs> Twice. Uh, sure, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure we could probably find other ones that can do that, too, but not yeah. this one. Yeah. I wonder if they actually will, or since it got such... I'm pretty sure it got bad reviews, too, didn't it? It had, like, a three-point-something on IMDb, but they don't care. I guess. I don't... I I think it'll probably get a sequel. Oh, my last thing. So, they had the girl who played Kim Possible sing the song at the end. Mm. She didn't sing it for the beginning. I don't know who did. It didn't seem like her, at least, because the the singing at the end was very different and very not good. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, they they didn't play it for very long. It was a a short little clip, but it was... They should have just kept it out completely. It was was auto-tuned, and she, like, it was... It was like she was screaming. It was... It was bad... And she, the thing is, she wasn't even, like, a Disney star before that. I think they kind of just wanted to see if she could do it, and she can't. Yeah. They're like, ah, we'll, we'll give it to you for ten seconds at the end of the movie. Yeah, because also, the, those credits only lasted for about ten seconds, like, one verse of the song, because the rest of the credits were playing when Draken was going into the school. Yeah. But anyway. It was weird. It's kind of like a like an opening credit sequence, the way that they had the names going at the bottom. But It was weird. Whatever. Less singing. That's fine. <laughs> Anywho, that's the Kim Possible movie. What's yeah. what's the decom mission for the week, Sarah? Um, watch the animated version. What Maybe that version? I might watch a few episodes of the it's animated version. It's on Disney version. Plus, which for some yeah. reason I didn't even think it think about. But 
in regards to our mission or our our moral for the week, I guess I want to say like, you know, you can always do something that you're really good at. You can always do something that you think that you're quote unquote the best at and not, not the best like compared to anyone else, but like you're, you yourself are the best for yourself at and you can either try and improve upon that or you can find something else and maybe try and work at it because I don't think that being the best is important and that's something that I've been having to try to really tell myself a lot lately but I think I think just finding the happiness in something you want to do remember it's not what you do it's who you are yeah i think that's a really important one especially during covid too like trying to find things that you can do safely that make you happy and make you feel fulfilled is a really important thing yeah feeling fulfilled is really hard right now yeah we believe in all of you though yes we do anyway it's possible my throat is dying, so I'm like, I should probably be done talking. <laughs> Kira's going to go chug a gallon it's of water so now. It's so dry. I'm so dry. I am but a desert in my own body. <laughs> uh, next week is our last movie of 2020, and then we will be doing our season wrap-up. So we'll see you next week for Upside Down Magic. Ah, the one that just came out this year. I'm excited. I'm I'm nervous. I'm really hoping it's not another <laughs> I'm intrigued, mediocre one. But I'm very done with the 2010s, let me tell yeah, you. I'm ready to go back to the 90s. I'm so ready. Take me back to the 90s. I can't snap. I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to take me back to the, the 90s. 90s. <laughs> take me back, back to a good economy. <laughs> anyway, Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.